Welcome to 20-something, a podcast where we talk about everything from politics to pooping. I'm Sharon Guy. And I'm Roselle and Rother. We're two 20-somethings living in San Francisco, trying to figure out what we're doing with our lives and talking it through for all y'all to hear. So we're on that summer schedule going every other week here with the pod. Slow motion, baby. And it's great. I'm <laughs> feeling life. It. But so we have some stuff that we're going to touch on that happened last week, which now feels like forever ago, like the Warriors winning the finals, Jeff Sessions Senate Intelligence Committee hearing. And then we're going to talk a little bit about healthcare, although there's not a lot of new news there. And then really kind of diving into um, some topics about Uber and their CEO and then Bachelor in Paradise and kind of inadvertent racism, I want to say, because we touched on Bill Maher and how it all kind of does tie back to The Bachelor. Like, Uber, Bill Maher, and Bachelor in Paradise. Whoever thought they'd be connected. They are, though. And (laughs) if you listen, you'll find out how. So, Warriors winning the finals. Yay, sports. So fun. It's crazy that it's, like, so over now. Like, the games happen, bang, bang, bang. The Cavs got one win in, but... We ended up killing them in the next game, and I think it was well-deserved. All of the Bay Area was really excited, but was all now... Was an avid Warriors fan. I mean, I got my beanie. I love that thing. <laughs> Best purchase ever. But it's crazy. Being from San Diego, we have grown up with such shitty sports teams. Mm-hmm. Like, we're either not sports fans or live in a life disappointed by your sports team, like our Chargers fans, you know? It's like now living here with... The Warriors being really good. The Giants are on and off, but they have been good in the past. It's just, like, so much more fun to be a fan of a sports team that's good. So, I do like it. If you know me, you know I'm a major sports fan. I mean, if there is one sport (laughs) you like, it's basketball, though. Exactly, right? So, I am not a sports fan at all, but I will get down for the NBA Finals because it is so fun. There's something at stake. It's a fun, like, high-scoring game. I like It's, like, social to go watch at a bar. It's fun. It can get a little crowded and crazy, but... But, yeah, it was really fun, and now it's over. (laughs) (laughs) On to the next thing. No more sports till next year. I mean, we did go to the Giants game, like, a couple days after the Warriors were over. But they got creamed. We watched about two minutes of that game total. Yeah, they were losing horribly. Anyways, um, other news last week. um, Jeff Sessions, his Senate Intelligence Committee hearing, Kamala Harris... Stepping up to the plate for a baseball reference. (laughs) I know my sports. That was good, Sharon. But she, like, really railed into him with her questioning, and I was damn proud to be from California. Yeah, totally. She is doing such a good job. I feel like we can count on her to stand up for the values and for the issues that we care about, which is nice to know that we have her. There's still a lot of... Uh, congressmen or congresspeople from California who are Republicans and who could probably use some calling into their office. But it's good to know that our senator is working hard for us. She got some flack for being crazy with her questioning, but I think she did such a good job. Like, fuck all y'all who are criticizing her for that. Like, Jeff Sessions said he made her, it made him nervous. It's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Like, that's why you're nervous. It's 
so for me, I had a hard time. Like, I know how terrible this sounds, but like his accent. I know. So bad. Like it really makes you realize of how much stereotypes are ingrained in us and like how much we really like fall back on those stereotypes Mm -hmm. when we don't know anything about the person. Yeah. And like, I mean, we do know a little bit about about Jeff Sessions are not positive things. So that only reinforces the negative, right? Like. Yeah. If he, if we had a bunch of positive things to say about him, and then he had the southern accent, it would be a different, like, picture. We'd be like, oh, weird. Like, they don't yeah. go well together. Exactly. But somehow, like, in my mind, it's just like, oh, of course. But then the way that he just, like, avoided answering the questions by saying that it's executive privilege in the future, like, Donald Trump perhaps may invoke executive privilege on those conversations, so I can't share the content of them. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Listening at work, just being like, are you fucking kidding me? I loved, he, like, couldn't stop saying, I can't recall, or, like, I don't remember. And she was like, I'm sorry, you knew you were going to be at this hearing. Like, did you prepare at all? Did you, like, remember anything? Look at your notes from the past to be prepared for this hearing? He was like, no. Shitting his pants. But then he had very clear recollections of other things where he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I remember that specifically because, like, this happened and that. And I'm like, oh, convenient. Yeah. Very convenient selective memory. Yeah. So that was very frustrating to see. And then, um, so Kamala Harris was kind of the highlight of that hearing. Yeah. Of, like, she's really, like, on, like, the right side of the law on this, like, in this case. But then... Um, with the GOP Congress member saying she was hysterical, just really, like, I just thought of so many different occasions of, like, women politicians mm-hmm. and just being put down in that way. And whereas a man had the same behavior, hysterical would never be an option yeah. of a word to use to describe their, their no. behavior. So it just, like, shows, like, sexism is still alive and well in politics in D.C., in the U.S. Like, it is there even in the highest offices. Yeah. Hysterical is such a weird word to use too it's like related to like a child like a child would be hysterical you know no, it's like they it's emotional it's why yeah. the like a lot of men will criticize women in power when they are exerting that power as like being overly emotional yeah oh it must be your time of the month or something she's pmsing yeah no but it's true like that those things are still said yeah. and like we're lucky that we don't live in a city or work for companies where those things would be said or we would be discriminated against because of who we are mm-hmm. but like that happens and it's like subtle but it's still there do you think kamala harris has what it takes to be president um or is I she not she... new enough for democrats like I think she needs to be a little bit more known on, like, like she's definitely come up as, like, a front runner in, for, like, the Democrats, as, like, somebody to, like, rally the troops around, so She's, to like, speak. putting in work right now in the Senate to, like, get her name known. I totally. think she's doing a good, good job. So, like, I don't know about 2020, but, like... Maybe VP? Yeah, totally. I could see VP. Mm-hmm. I honestly the new don't. Veep, dude. I honestly don't know, though, like, who, like, 2020, who's going to be the Democratic nominee. I know. Like, that's scary we to literally me there's, need- no, there's nobody right now that I'm like, oh, yes, that's the first person that came to mind. Yeah. It's, like, very obvious that it's going to be that person. We need, like, an alien to, like, land on in America and be like, I am your candidate. Like, someone to come out of the word work, like, that no one's heard of and, like, do the same thing Trump did, but, like, on our side. Can Obama just come back? I know. He posted that long Facebook yes. status today about the healthcare. Speaking of healthcare, <laughs> so 
as you know, or you may not have known, that the um, the House passed their own version of the health care bill, and then the Senate was like, no, thank you, we're going to come up with our own version. We talked about it on our last podcast, about yeah. the secrecy and how they're like trying to do it behind closed doors, and it's chaos. Exactly. So they've been doing it behind closed doors this whole time. Even like top Republicans in the Senate don't know what's happening. And then today, they released the new bill. And it's more of the same. Yeah. Cuts to Medicaid to like to make room for tax cuts for the richest people, making private health care like even more expensive, like premiums will go up. It's just like the rich get richer and the poor get fucked over. Yeah. I, yeah, there really isn't much more to say than that. The next news will come when it doesn't pass or, God forbid, passes in so, the House. They has to have asked the House first before it passes the Senate. So... It has to go back to the House because it's a new bill? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I think. If it's a new bill, it always starts in the House and then goes to the Senate for the second round of voting. Even if it was, even like, made by senators. Amended? Even if it's, like, an amended version of the House bill? I think they still have to vote. We'll fact check that. Yeah. And back to you. Um, but, but they were saying they need 50 votes. Yeah. That's so that's the Senate. the Senate. Yeah. And according to NPR on Monday... They had 47, and that was before it was released. Mm. So um, I think they're going to have fewer. Yeah. And, like, three votes may not seem like that much, but yeah. they were saying in the Senate, like, that's a big, like, jump. That takes a long time for you to, like, convince people to vote for you. like Totally. And that was just on good faith because people didn't even know what was in the bill. Yeah. Now that people know what's in the bill and the CBO score is going to come out, Yeah, it's, like, bad news bears for Republicans. Yeah. But, like... What do they expect? How can they... They can't just blatantly favor the richest people in the country and then make it seem like they're doing the poor people a favor. Yeah. Not a single state supports this bill. Like, no... In no state is the percentage higher than, like, 35% approval. Are they delusional? Like, what are they thinking? Like, how is this going to pass? I hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't. (laughs) But, like, I'm just, Obamacare for life. (laughs) So confused at their, like, mentality around it of, like... This is a, I understand why it's a priority. It's because they're selfish pricks who are greedy and just want more money Mm -hmm. for their, like, whoever is funding their campaigns and, like, the top company, top 1% of the country. Mm -hmm. I get that part. Like, that's their draw. But, like, how can they be so disillusioned to not understand, like, that everyone's going to be pissed off by this? Yeah. That, like, your voters, the people who put you in those positions of power, are not going to be happy and therefore not going to vote for you. I don't know. Maybe they just feel like if they have enough money, they can win anything. Or they can, like, twist the narrative, which is what they're doing with Trump, where, like, he, like, twists reality to make mm-hmm. it seem like it's something else. Whereas, like, they're going to, like, they're like, oh, we're taking away your health care, but it's because of this reason over here, not because of what we Yeah. Doing. Like, what are the pros of this bill? Like, what are they saying to, like, their supporters being like, vote for this, and it'll do this, this, and this. Right. Like, besides give money to the rich people, but, like, how are they explaining this to, like, everyone else? Like, how is this going to be good for them? I don't know, and that's why Republicans, like, have their town halls, and they're, like, shit scared because their constituents are showing up yeah. and are pissed off. Those town halls are making a big difference. Are they, though? I mean, it's little pieces, but it's, like, slowly eating away, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing. Like, they need to hear the outrage of the people, and it's, mm. like, what will it take for people to just be, like, completely outraged? I am just, like, terrified because all of these little, little things that happen, I just keep thinking of The Handmaid's Tale. Have you been watching that? No. 
So it's, did we talk about it last week? I don't think so. I've heard a lot about it on like the internet, but I haven't heard your take on it. I feel like our podcast should just be like, Sharon tells Roselle what shows to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll talk about them a couple weeks down the line. <laughs> uh, well, The Handmaid's Tale is basically this like future dystopia of like New England and all of the like fertile women are like corralled. And, like, forced into surrogates, surrogacy for rich families. Ugh. And, like, not only surrogacy, but, like, going through a ceremony of having sex with the husband, with the wife present. <gasps> and it's, like, this whole, like, seemingly religious, very culty Why can't ceremony. the wife have the kid herself? So that's, like, the dystopian future is that, like, infertility is rampant. Oh. So, like, babies are really valued and, like, the human race, like, they're thinking that God is mad at them and that's why. So it's, like, gone back to, like, crazy, like, old-timey thinking. So but it's pretty in good. The I future, actually want to watch it. It's really good. But then, so the main character is Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men. Mm. And then she is a handmaid. And so it's basically her story and, like, how she navigates that new world. And then also they, like, have flashbacks to, like, when things started changing and so the like it was, she's like it wasn't all at once like it's like really gradual things mm-hmm. it's like the first thing is like that like women couldn't work so all of a sudden it's like they like every woman was fired from their job at Whoa. one day and then the next thing was like their bank accounts were frozen they couldn't didn't have any money so it's like little by going little going back in time yeah <laughs> little by little just like regressing and then to this like crazy thing where now they're like martial law was imposed oh my and, like, god everyone's basically it's like i mean all women losing their jobs in one day doesn't sound like a little thing <laughs> true but i'm saying like it wasn't all at once she's like here i'm forced to be yeah this, like yeah handmade for this family it's like the little things that matter so that's why like this healthcare bill that like defunds planned parenthood like yeah these are the things this is how it starts don't tell me this is real. I know. It's not real. And that's why, like, I talked to my sister about it because she started reading it. She's nursing her baby. Yeah. Watching this show. Oh, my God. I was God. like, oh, I didn't think about that when I recommended oh. this. But then she really, we were talking about the author because Margaret Atwood is the author. It's a book mm. that's adapted into a show on Hulu. And the book was written in 1985. Whoa. And I'm like, whoa. So just, like, very crazy. Like, I'm like, Margaret Atwood, we were talking about who we would have at our dinner. If it was, like, celebrity dinner. Like, oh, that's a really good question. Who, yeah. Who I was like, have? Obama, mm-hmm. Margaret Atwood, and Jess was like, my sister was like, I know she's too freaky. I don't <laughs> want to know what her mind does. Like, I just forgot who else we were talking about. Probably Kamala Harris. Or, like, no, 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 uh, actors, celebrities. I don't know. We didn't get that far, but, mm-hmm. like, we were talking about Margaret Atwood because we're like, her brain's a crazy place to, like, think yeah. of this. But... Anyways, I, there's, like, all of these things that are happening. Like, obviously, we're not going to... Well, I can't say obviously. Hopefully, we are not going to, like, regress back into a, like, 1950s or worse I'm getting, like, situation. big love slash under the banner of heaven vibes. That's, like, Mormon culty stuff. Is it like I that? No, I have not watched either of those. Under the, banner, under the banner of heaven is just a book. Okay. You can borrow it. <laughs> I own it. It's great. But Big Love is the show on HBO. Yeah, I, my but, sister watched that. Um, anyway, yeah, so I definitely crazy watch show, that. worth watching. I've heard in, like, other podcasts and stuff, like, 
jokingly references yeah, about Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, there's an SNL sketch about it. Mm. It was funny. But, like, it's funny until it's not. Yeah. But, yeah, so... What's the cause of infertility? How'd they give that backstory? Like, how'd everyone become infertile? Um, they blame it on God. Oh. They're like, God's angry with the human race because of blah, blah, blah. I would imagine it'd be, like, some poisonous food that everyone ate or, like, some disease or... No, because it's not all women. Oh, yeah. The handmaids. Right? So it's like they find the fertile women. Only the rich women. <laughs> Only the rich women who, like, can have a handmaid. Yeah. But then, like, the husband's so creepy and, like, ugh. And, like, just the way... And, like, that's the thing is, like, the woman who's the wife, she used to be a successful working career woman. Mm. And then this, like, she had to, like, go into this life of being this housewife who does nothing yeah and like she wants to be involved like the husband's this person that's high up in the government that's yeah. like having these crazy conversations and like really like planning their lot like the life of their society Whoa. and she's like wants to be involved but it's so much like no it's like the women that's not your place it's like all men in a room making decisions oh, I'm like, that is healthcare. yeah fuck right so i don't know it's just like I hate to say it, but, like, stay woke. Like, pay attention. Yeah. Just, like, pay attention. Anyway, so, speaking of paying attention, Bill Maher said the N-word a couple weeks ago on his show as a joke, and it became this big thing. Got a lot of outrage. And I think it's worth talking about because he had, the next week, a couple guests come on. Um, Michael Eric Dyson, who is an author and a... Academic. Academic. Yeah. And then Ice Cube. <laughs> and both equally very interesting conversations yeah. about race and racial tensions and words and words mattering and who says those words and how that matters. And yeah, I thought it was when I first, I didn't watch the episode where he said it, but I watched a clip of like the joke that he made. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that word's just off limits. That's just how I view yeah. it. I even felt like he... Kind of, I, I watched the episode where he said it, mm-hmm. and it, like, you would never guess that it was, like, going to have the effect that it did, because, like, it just, they just went past it, the audience laughed, and it was done, and the episode continued, but it was a joke about, he was interviewing some really conservative, like, congressman, mm-hmm. and he was... White guy. Yeah, white guy, and the guy was, I think he was from Iowa, or, like, Nebraska, one of those states, and they were talking about, like field workers versus whatever and he's and bill maher said i'm not a field blank i'm a house blank that's what he like made the joke yeah. and like his i was i was happy that he like the next episode he was like d- he addressed it on in his monologue and then he brought on two people that were like obviously gonna put him in his place about it like he mm-hmm. was prepared to do that which is good and they had good conversations about it and i thought um Michael Eric Dyson's point that he said, like, you said that without any bad intent, but at the same time, it, like, brings back so much pain for, like, Mm -hmm. an entire race of people. And Bill Maher was like, I understand that. And obviously, like, I never meant to cause anyone pain. His argument was, like, I'm a comedian, and sometimes I just can't help what comes into my head. Like, the first thing that pops into my head is, what's the joke here? Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what he said happened. And he apologized that it had a different effect. But he's like, I won't do that again. (laughs) Totally, yeah. Like, he... 
I respect that he, like, said that and he addressed it and he apologized. But I also thought that um, Dyson made a really good point about kind of unintentionally making those jokes and not mm. realizing the impact of them. Totally. Or just, like, unintentionally making a comment that you don't realize may have, like, some impact on somebody that's negative or, like, some kind of, like, be racially insensitive. Mm. So, like, I was just, like, thinking a lot about that with that, what, what he said, because I'm hearing it so much more now of, like, really? things that people say that, like, aren't intended to be racist or aren't intended to be putting someone else down for their race, gender, or, like, sexuality, but, yeah. like, it is so prevalent in just the way that people talk. It's, yeah. like, the way that people joke. It's ingrained in our society, and that's what I feel is, like, directly a result of institutional and systemic racism as a society. Mm. And, like, it's us, like, it's Ice Cube calling him out. It's Dyson calling him out, Bill Maher. Like, just, like, be aware of your words. Like, yes, make jokes where it's funny, but, like, mm. words matter. And, oh, like, right. it's not, like, it's... A w- that word in particular also just has a very heavy weight. Yeah. And it's not worth, like, the joke is not, it's like, there's, you can't make a joke out of that. It's like, it's not your word to joke with. Yeah. And that's what Ice Cube said. He's like, that's our word. You can't have it back. Like, mm-hmm. it was your word once, and now it's ours, and it'll never be yours again. So. Yeah. And, like, what made me think of the kind of unintentional racism, too, was, like, Ice Cube telling Bill Maher that he has said stuff in the past that's like rubbed in the wrong way or like that's made him like I don't know like he just like called Bill Maher out and Bill Maher disagreed and then Ice Cube's like it's my opinion and I really respected that but it's also like sometimes we say things and we don't realize like Mm -hmm. and I think that that's the biggest issue is like that it's so ingrained that we don't realize I mean it took so many people being mad at Bill Maher for what he said for him to realize that Mm -hmm. it was hurtful like he says things all the time that I'm sure are affecting people and hurting their feelings, but, like, it's not all over social media, so he yeah. doesn't feel like he needs to apologize. Totally. I mean, yeah. Some some of the stuff he just he says is harsh. Like, it's funny because he's a co- comedian, but for some people, it's probably not funny. Mm-hmm. But it also happens in, like, regular conversation. Like, not to, like, put you on the spot, but, like, saying the blasherette. Yeah. No, I know, and it's like... <laughs> movies music everything it's like around us all the time and like even if like the music that we're listening to is hip-hop like it's still those words are there and we listen to it and it's in our brain and we know it so like i'm not defending it but it's just everywhere Mm -hmm. like not only is the racism everywhere but it's like just the ideas and the movies and it's like is that a movie or is it real life we like have a hard time like separating ourselves from fucking technology and movies and all that and like what's real and what hurts people's feelings right like it's so easy to just go through life just be in receipt of everything that's Mm -hmm. happening and not actually think about like okay what does this mean do i like is this something that i want to take in and want to ingrain in me do i agree with this do i not like people just don't think anymore it's just all exactly people don't actually know what they think because they're Mm. not like taking that moment to be like okay what do i feel about this or just like Everyone's kind of, like, taking in what the internet thinks, and, like, that's their opinion. I feel that, too. I mean, I feel like this podcast has helped us a little bit, but I still feel like that's the case. I just think that talking through things can only help. Yeah, and it also, like, makes me realize the things that I'm wrong about and the things that I'm like, Mm -hmm. maybe I don't feel that way, and, like, I wouldn't realize it until I said it out loud. Yeah. Um, Talking about racially insensitive things um, and The Bachelor. (laughs) So, Leah from The Bachelor, who was on Ben's season, who was 
a liar, um, basically was tweeting and said, I'm sitting here watching The Bachelorette, and my roommate just sat down on the couch and said, what is this love and hip-hop? Dead. And then, like, the crying laughing emoji. And then Rachel, who is the current Bachelorette, is like tweets back to her being like hey like you want to hang out with lee like you guys would get along because lee is basically the like overt racist on Mm. the season of the bachelorette and saying something like tweeting something like that where like leah thinks she's being funny yeah but that is a very insensitive tweet yeah what you see black people on the tv and you think it's fucking be what's the show Love and hip hop. Or what's the BET? BET, yeah. Yeah, and it's like also saying, like, it just, just insensitive. Like, mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. And, and like, like, to put out there for, like, that's a famous person to say that. Like, think about what you do before you put that out for everyone to read. Like, were you thinking when you wrote that? Obviously not. Obviously but then not. she also, like, said, she's like, not, like, she defended herself being like, neither I or my roommate are racist. Like, you think you're not, but, like... That's the problem. I've listened to a couple of really interesting podcasts, actually. Like, I think Invisibilia and NPR had another one. Um, I can't remember what it was. I'll look into it. But um, just about, like, how they've done studies on, like, racial bias, basically. Mm-hmm. And, like, even people that say they're not racist, like, when they sit down and put them in front of, like, a test that's puts like associate the good words with either white or black it's like people automatically associate negative connotation with black like Mm -hmm. even if they don't call themselves a racist it's like ingrained in you like we're taught to we're just used to seeing like black people with crime Mm -hmm. and like white people with like more positive words it's crazy how like you you don't even realize it but you're doing it there are studies where children even do that yeah and it's that's what i'm saying like it is so systemic it is so ingrained in our society that it's like there has to be that conscious effort to unlearn those things yeah and that's hard because you can only unlearn something if you recognize the the thing that you want to unlearn but Mm. a lot of people can't even pinpoint the part, like, the thing that they're like, oh, I need to stop saying that, or, oh, I need to stop having that, like, that connotation or that stereotype. Like, for me, it was, like, so much of, like, that stereotype, like, the Southern accent and Jeff Sessions. I'm like, granted, mm. I still think he's a dum-dum, but, like, I need to, like, that, like, I would never notice that I coupled those things together mm. until, unless I was paying attention. Yeah, like, I mean, I would think that the only way to, like, unlearn something like that is to spend time with people that are different than you and like get to know people that you may have otherwise misjudged Mm -hmm. like one of the guys on the podcast had like judged uh like a black guy across the street who was like walking up to an old lady at a bus stop and he was like i'm gonna stand here and watch what happens just in case and he has a daughter at home who he adopted who's black and he was like i can't believe i just did that like Mm -hmm thinking that something bad might happen there just because he was approaching her at the bus bus stop. He's like, I can't imagine what my daughter would think of me if she knew that I had made that association mm-hmm. in my head. Like, yeah. he has a, he, a daughter that he adopted, like, who's African-American, and he still makes that association. Yeah. I also just saw a video, I think it was this morning on Facebook, of this woman in Louisiana who got pulled over because she was driving too slow. Mm-hmm. But she, like, posted a video afterwards because she was so scared and she's, like, the police officer, she like, told a story how, like, the police officer pulled her over, told her to get out of the car. She got out of the car, and then she's, like, answering his questions. And then, like, she started crying. 
And, like, he's like, oh, you're going under the speed limit. Like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, just asking about her well-being. Yeah. Like, it's like sometimes people drive when they're too tired. Like, he's just, like, literally checking on her. But she yeah. was scared for her life. Yeah. And so she posted a video being like, I should not be this scared yeah. to get pulled over. Yeah. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with, like, all of the police officers getting acquitted in the past week for, like, Philando Castile. Yeah. And for, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the other name. But, like... This, it's just, like, it's there, and it's rampant, and, like, I love that social media is, like, shining a light on it, that, like, that woman was able to, like, take a video of herself and post it on Facebook right then and there. Like, that is shedding light on the issues, but it's also, like, how much light is needed for change to happen? I don't think it's just light that's needed. (laughs) Yeah, like, action, right? It's, like, how much exposure, like, how much will it take to be, like, this enough is enough, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to do something about this. And I know that we would be there already. (laughs) Right. And, like, we're getting there. Like, obviously, like, movements like Black Lives Matter and, like, there's definite traction, but they're, like, it has to come from the top down. And, like, Mm. with leadership like Donald Trump, like, that's just making it even more of an uphill battle. Honestly, I don't think it necessarily needs to be from the top down. Like, if we could hire, like, a couple decent police chiefs to, like, change the system in, like, the way police are trained and, like, mm-hmm. make people realize what inherent bias is, like, before becoming a police officer and, like, be aware of it so you know to, like, just be mindful of your actions as a police officer. Like, I feel right. like that could change a lot of things, too. It could, but, like, those decisions of, like, changing the system, changing the institution, like, those aren't little decisions that can just be made in the silo. Like, they you can have be to made be- in a state legislator, like, on a state basis. Yeah, but it's like it takes support from the top. But set I think an example, right? Like the leadership sets the example of mm-hmm. like this is something that's an, a priority. That's like this is an initiative that we put our support behind. Mm-hmm. That's necessary, and I think that we're not going to get that. Yeah, but when the top government is so divided, I think like each state needs to act on their own and like start a trend of doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, California is definitely doing its part in the ways that it can. I don't know in forms of, like, um, reforming police training. I'm not sure about that. But I don't know where California stands on, like, how bad our police officers are compared to other states. Yeah. There's not really a way to test it. How many people have you killed on the job? Stop. (laughs) But it's not even, like, that the people get killed. It's, like, how... It's, like, the just racial bias that exists Mm. in our society and like how does that inform police encounters it just makes people scared i think when they're coming across someone of a different race and they just get scared like make assumptions about whether or not they have weapons on them Mm -hmm. and take action like yeah yeah i am like literally just listen listening to the Kendrick Lamar song Fear mm-hmm. which is basically like I think about this yeah and the one of the lines is like if I could smoke fear away I'd roll that motherfucker up <laughs> and then I'd take two puffs and I just like thought of that line because I thought it was funny <laughs> good but, line like, it's true it's like you're living with that like constant fear of like if a police officer pulls you over like you wouldn't have you wouldn't cry you wouldn't be that fearful no right no I mean, you might cry for different reasons because you don't want to get a ticket. But yeah, like, I've not, done that. You're not fearing for your life. No. And that's I know that, that if I like, yeah, right there. I know that if I cooperate and I'm nice mm-hmm. and. But like I, worst, even if you don't cooperate, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is that you're going to get arrested. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't worry You're about being killed by someone. Yeah. yeah, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah. And now moving on to sexism. <laughs> really light topic yeah. here, guys. But the bread and butter of our podcast. She's been going down this week. So last week I had on our doc that the Uber CEO takes a leave of absence. Now backspace, backspace. <laughs> Uber CEO re- fucking resigns. Yeah, wasn't good and enough. Good riddance because Travis, bye. Fucking Travis. It is a douchey name. Super douchey. But um, I just thought that this, like, says something larger about Silicon Valley. It says something larger about diversity and sexism and sexual harassment at tech companies. And it made me very, very grateful to be at a female-driven company where this is not even, like, wouldn't even cross our minds Mm -hmm. as being an issue. But basically, um, there are multiple investigations into how Uber treats its employees and especially their female employees and kind of how they approach diversity and um, equality at the company. Mm -hmm. There's also some others, like other investigations going on. So basically, Uber's a shit show. And then they had their CEO take a leave of absence last week, but the investors were not happy with that so mm. now he's resigned and yeah. that job is open and they want Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg. Sandberg she doesn't want it though hell no yeah she's the queen of culture and that culture is like too far gone like is she like she could bring it back I think she could do a lot of good for it but but also the company itself is just a douchey company like they've made their money by disrupting the taxi like sister like I think the they can come back I think they will I think it's too big too big right now and people fucking love uber people depend on uber like it's not a company that people can just like stop using as much as they as as much as like not lyft isn't in every city that's true uber is just like way more widespread and like i don't know stepped on so many toes to get there so it pissed a lot of people people off in order to get there and now they're paying the price it's karma do you think that this wouldn't have happened eventually though like just like the sharing economy I mean, like the I tax. Put it. I'm talking about the taxes. Though, like you're talking about company culture. The, the company culture is awful. Like right? I but think that, that they can come back to from the that. Company's though. approach to their growth, approach like their culture speaks to how they run their business. Yeah. Right. So, like, if the culture is shitty, like how they're running their business is the same. Like, we already knew they were stepping on people's toes in like New York and like yeah. in places where taxis are like taxi drivers are making a big fuss or like where they're kind of like sidestepping the rules like mm-hmm. they're pissing people off that's why yeah. it's called disruptors like they're pissing people off because they're not doing things the way that people like agree with it's like it doesn't feel good it's icky mm-hmm. so obviously the culture is going to be icky yeah but i think if they hire the right person that they can change their culture and come back from it yeah i mean it'll take time and it'll take a lot of effort and they've fired a bunch of execs mm-hmm. but it's also like who's going to want to work there now I think someone bold with a great resume of doing good things would will volunteer to go into that position and be like, I can change this. It's like a daunting task, but I think the right person can do it. Mm-hmm. A woman. It would be great if it hired a woman. But like, I don't. Am I cynical to think who that that would who hires happen? the CEO at Uber? Like the, the next rest person of the down, execs, like it's the like board the or rest something. Of the like C level execs. Yeah. Like, if they want Cheryl Sandberg, they might consider another woman. That's true. But, like, they want Cheryl Sandberg, I feel like, just for, like, the symbolism of the it. The name. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it'll be interesting to see who signs up for that job. But I just thought it was really interesting of, like, what does it say about, like, the bigger picture of, like, women in tech? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm really glad that that woman's, like, the engineer's blog post, like, went viral. Yeah. And, like, it helped to fuel this fire totally. that ousted Travis. But, like, I don't know. I Like, I we work in the tech space. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think every company is like this. It's not, but I also like I then I think that we are very lucky, but then we also like forget mm-hmm. that other companies do treat women poorly and like aren't as supportive as yeah. the companies that we work for. There's got there's definitely a companies with stuff under the rug that people mm-hmm. don't know about, but there are a lot of really great companies. Like I mean, I don't know what goes on at Facebook, but like I think with Sheryl Sandberg as their one of their top people, like they have good policies in place and. Mm-hmm. They're working on it. Right? Like, Uber's revamping their HR team. So I wonder if they're going to, like, get a new COO or, like, somebody who's, like, head of HR. Mm-hmm. That's, like... I think they just need more HR people. <laughs> like, clearly they, they weren't doing shit. Or, like, they need HR people that... I don't know. Like, obviously... Yeah, I'm like, who's on that HR team? Yeah, they were just, like, throwing sucks. away reports of sexual harassment. Like, oh. not doing anything about them. Yikes. Just crazy. I'm interested um, to see what happens, though, because... Uber's not going away anytime soon. I just saw something on Facebook about them providing island hopping services in Croatia. It's called Uber Boat. No. Stop. Yeah. I don't know if it was a joke, but it looked real. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of other issues of <laughs> sexuality and sexual encounters, I don't know how I was going to translate We're talking about that. The Bachelor. We're talking about Bachelor in Paradise, which is like one rung or maybe ten rungs deeper into the shame. I would say three. Three rungs deeper. Ashamed you are to be watching this. Like I'm already shameful mm, watching. I'm not ashamed. The shamefulness of it, like just the, what the people All on the show it. are shameful, doing. I'm ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm saying shame. I'm maybe ashamed it. now that after what all this stuff that's happened, but I definitely was not ashamed before. I'm ashamed to say I'm gonna still watch. I I probably will too. Yeah. So so basically, if you guys have not been keeping up, which I don't blame you if you haven't. But also, you've been hiding under a rock because it's fucking everywhere. <laughs> but um, they were filming Bachelor in Paradise in Mexico, and there was a inebriated sexual encounter between Demario and Corinne. And apparently, according to producers and other contestants on the show, like things went too far and. They claimed that Corinne was not able to give her consent for the sexual acts that were being performed. And then um, production was shut down because of that, because the producer felt so uncomfortable by what happened that they... He sued the network. Yeah. And then there was this whole investigation into what happened, and it turns out that it's, like, not against their policies, like, not against their contract. No, they just didn't find evidence of... Like, Corinne wasn't pressing charges, and there wasn't any, like, no one was putting forth any sort of, like, evidence at but all. Corinne of the, is suing the producer. She is? Or ABC. For she's what? Not, she's not pressing charges against DeMario. She's, I think, pressing charges against the producers because she thinks that they should have stopped it. Right? So this Whoa. brings up the issue of, like, consent when you're drunk. Mm-hmm. When both parties are drunk. Yeah. When people are watching whose responsibility, like, where does the onus lie then? Like, yeah. it's like, who, if you're watching something happen and, like, it's not okay and yeah. you don't say anything, is it then your fault? And then also, it's on fucking TV. 
Yeah. You're filming it. Not only are you watching it, but you're filming it. Yeah. So a lot of things to unpack. I like with the consent issue and being drunk. I'm like, how many times I have like in college, you have a drunken hookup that you're like not that thrilled about the next morning. Right? Like not something I want to put on blast, but like it happened. Yep. And like, if you, and like she claims, Corinne claims that she doesn't remember anything that happened, but she was like afraid and felt violated because of the way that everyone else was talking about it. Mm-hmm. So if no one had said anything, exactly. what would she have thought the next day? Exactly. Nobody will ever know. No one will know. There's so many different things here. Did you hear about, we heard about Jasmine and like how she. Slut shaming cl- basically. Yeah, but, like, where was she to stop it at that time? And, like, she, I mean, she's tweeting about it now, but, like, if you're a friend, like, or didn't she try to stop it and Corinne said, fuck you or something? Or No, I don't, I didn't read what Jasmine did, but I think, like, Corinne also went on the show saying that she had a boyfriend and yeah, that she was just there to be a wing woman. Yeah, and which like, is such bullshit because it's fucking Corinne. And like, also, like, this show is, like, kind of there for you to meet somebody mm. like a fall in love show on the, yeah even though it's kind of a joke well like, she was just like stringing this idiot along back home and like didn't care about him well he released a statement too yeah it's just like a really interesting issue where it's like who's at fault if it was like indeed like non-consensual sexual activity and it was like the producers filming it 100 percent the producers no, no, it's no one else's job there, like, the people in Paradise who are also drunk. Like, it's not on them to have stopped it. The producers are sober filming it. Like, yeah. it's 100%. The person watching it, filming it on camera is the one to stop it. Like, they have that ethical obligation or, yeah. like, contractual obligation. Like, what is it? Because, like, we, like, we were talking about this with our friend Anna. Of, like, how many times have we seen, like, drunken girls hooking up with guys yeah. when they shouldn't be? Mm-hmm. And Anna said something to someone once and the girl got pissed off at her. Yeah. That's majority of the time what's going to happen, you know? And, like, no one wants to be the person that gets yelled at by someone. And it's like... Like trying to cock block. Basically, yeah. Basically, you get a bad rep for cock blocking. Yeah, which is sad also. So but it's sad. like, you can't get into someone's head and know if they are coherent or not. Yeah. Like when someone's making out, you know, how do you tell if they know what's going on or not? So, like, the producer who pressed or who sued, why didn't they do anything? They waited until after the fact, or, like, they saw the footage after the fact? Like... I did hear that it was Wes. He was the bar... He's the new bartender. Yeah. And he's the one that said something? He was the one that was trying to press charges. But that's not a producer, so maybe that's a rumor. There's so many things flying around about this. It's hard to know it's true. For me now, it's like, they're bringing the show back. They're resuming Yeah, filming. so after all this drama and us being like, are we, like, is the show canceled? What's the deal? Like, how do we feel about the Bachelor franchise now that, yeah. like, this happened on Bachelor in Paradise? They're saying not enough evidence to, like, cancel the show. We're going to resume filming. Like, what are the people that are on the show thinking, like, they're at home, get a call, time to go back? Like, are they, like, excited about that? Are they going to talk about it? Will they even show the part no. with Corinne? Any of that day. Will they talk about it? Like, I'm so curious. They have to talk about it. But I don't know if they're going to... Sh- like they Three days they, later, mm, everyone's back. <laughs> they're not showing the footage. I know. It's just, like, a really weird thing. There Will was, Corinne go back? 
No. She's not going back? I so she, There's no word on that yet, but I think that it was, like, if she's still pressing charges, then yeah. obviously not. Are they going to, like, even have any footage of her in the show? TBD. Probs not. But, like, I don't know. Like, I was reading this article that I shared with my sister of, like, kind of how this is bringing up, like, bigger issues with the franchise. Totally. Like, I really, like, suspend my, like, morals and values when I watch this show. Like... It goes so much against, like, how I feel about equality and feminism and dating and, like, even though Rachel's doing a lot to redeem the role of Bachelorette and she's having real conversations and, like, these guys are, like, I think worthy of Mm -hmm. her love. But, like, TBD on that, too. Like, people just want to get famous and be on TV. Lee. Even Peter. His high school quote in his yearbook was like I want to be famous in one way or another maybe be on The Bachelor yeah literally verbatim on The Bachelor so I'm like I won't hold that against him that was high school August high schooler oh well he's sexy now he's like a front runner I'm like see you never know what happens bad speller though yeah coitus Q-U-C-U. I'm like, what the, what fucking word are you spelling? Do you think producers have any say in what they say when they're spelling words? Cause like the person that spelled facade, yeah, that was P-H-Y-S, terrible. like f- zero out of four on that one. <laughs> I'm like, are you just nervous? Like, I think Will misspelled his word because he was nervous. Mm. I mean, it's easy to misspell a word, but like not that incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting stuff. But anyways, like I just like now watch this show with a grain of salt even larger than before because I'm like. A block of salt. I'm, like, forced to kind of reconcile. I'm like, okay, I'm watching this, and I'm supporting this, but it's like, goes against everything I believe in. It's an escape, honestly. Like, yeah. regardless of how shitty the franchise is, like, we could be watching fucking Jersey Shore, and it would still be an escape. We could mm-hmm. be watching Real World, where they, like, beat each other up and do, like, just as bad stuff. Like, I'm not saying it's okay, but, like, I still want my escape, you yeah. know? And it sucks. I just wish, like, Amazing Race was on as much as The Bachelor was. Yeah, I, I mean, show. there's so much good shows, but, like, we I'm love the drama, you know? know? why? Just I, like your therapist said, you love the drama. I know. <laughs> we won't get into that. But, like... I love drama, too. It's very entertaining. Yeah. And... It's just, like, habit now. It's, like, on twice a year. I want to watch it. I am invested in the characters. Like... Every that's why they choose someone internally to be the next bachelor or bachelorette yeah, is because you know, know them. them and have like you feel like you know them and you like want the best for them. Like Matt makes fun of me all the time, but like I want them to find love and I'm gonna watch their journey oh to my find God, love. Look, this just showed up on my Facebook, the Uber boats and Told you, dude. People somebody just liked it. It's the it's a real thing. It's like why do yacht week when you can get a fucking Uber boat to dude, drive why you around? Ever do yacht week. I know. Um, speaking of the amazing race though, I listened to, I have a couple podcast recommendations. Mm. So, um, Tim Ferriss's podcast, um, he had Phil Kogan, who is the host of amazing race Mm. on, and he has a new book out or he was promoting something, but he's talking about travel and kind of facing your fears and like making your like life goals and like raising his kids and it was just like a really awesome conversation mm. very inspiring and like he's traveled a ton and like they filmed the amazing race in 22 days Isn't wow they must not get any sleep yeah right there i like would day 100 like, percent do the amazing race 
I would go on it. I would, too. I was like, I don't know who my partner would be, and I also would have to work out a shit ton. Yeah, it's hard. You gotta run. Because, <laughs> like, you have to run, and you have to, like, have that backpack on. You have to do these mm. really physically taxing things. But I'm like, mentally, I could do it. Physically, I gotta work on that. Sometimes I feel like when me and Matt are traveling, it's like the amazing race, because it's like, we're running to get to train, and like, oh, like, sweating well, so that's much. that's poor planning. <sighs> Sometimes you don't know which train track to go on. That is true. And the, you, no matter how much you plan, you can't avoid it. That's true. I have that happen to me in Caltrain, so don't even... Also, you're not planning for shit on Amazing Race. you got to, like, carry 100-pound sandbags exactly. and, like, do all these crazy Right, so, tasks. like, you have to be a pro traveler with planning and knowing everything in order to, like, do the Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. I would go on even if I got kicked off, honestly. Like, I think it would be so fun. You have to, like, qualify first, though. How do you qualify? Send in videos. Oh, me and Matt are going to do it. You guys should totally do it. That would be awesome. Um, And then another podcast I just listened to was Invisibilia. Yeah. A great episode on emotions. and They're doing a whole concept album. So the whole season is worth listening to. I've listened to all of them. Yeah, I listened to a few of them. And the emotions one is still my favorite. It's, like, really talks about how... The truck driver... Yeah. yeah, crazy heavy. stories, like really emotional, but then also like how our brain really only recognizes four sensations of pleasure, displeasure, or like pleasure, no, no, what was it? Oh, pleasant, unpleasant, arousal, and calm. So there's oh, four things that, that our brain can like process, like those are the only things our brain processes, and then like the rest like are our body processes and then our brain interprets all of our other emotions based on concepts that we've created from life experience so like every emotion you feel is a construct of your life experience yeah and like you have more control over it than you think because all you have to do is like change your concepts mm-hmm. even though that's not an easy thing to do it's yeah. doable like i think it was just great because it makes you realize like you're not in receipt of your emotions like you're not not in control like you have Mm. more control over how you feel about things it's like paying attention to why you feel how you feel Mm. and then like really deconstructing it and then on the other hand of like with that control also comes the responsibility of like controlling your emotions and like how do you like you're more responsible for how you react to things Mm. and it really goes back to mark manson's book um subtle art of not giving a fuck where it's like you can't control how other people treat you or how other people react or interact with you, but you have full control and therefore responsibility over how you interact and how you react to people. Well, think about how, like, you can easily talk yourself out of feeling a certain way mm-hmm. or, like, something crazy happens to you and you're like, okay, like, I feel this way, but the, but you sleep on it and the next day you feel ten times better. It's like you just need to concentrate on the way you process the emotions. And, I mean, it's hard when you're, like, really sad about something or, like, really excited about something, you, like, need to just, like, calm down. I think that's why, like, mindfulness is so helpful because, like, it just helps you, like, process everything and stay calm. Yeah. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think it's, like, everything's interconnected and, like, just paying attention to the world around you really makes you realize that. Yeah. I think that's the moral of this week is pay attention to everything <laughs> that you can. Um, well... Thanks for listening to our yeah. very all over the place that episode. That was a crazy week. week, yeah. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I want to do another book soon. Yeah. We should discuss. We'll pick another book. Um, Not self-help. I know. We've been <laughs> on that train a lot. But that, I think that's 
what's made us see all the connections and things mm-hmm. lately. But Definitely not option B. Oh, yeah. That, that, no, but more, no more sad. No more tearjerkers. Yeah. We're good with that. But, um, yeah, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Love ya. Bye.